This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. This Sunday is February 20th, and we are into the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time. And before we get into our readings and a reflection upon those readings, I want to start in prayer. And again, I want to go back to this booklet that came from the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., as our country approaches President. Day. It is a time for us to pray for our leadership and to pray for this country. And so I would invite you to open up your hearts and join me in prayer with this act of consecration for the United States. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in union with the Blessed Virgin Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we place the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Have mercy on our president and all the officers of our government. Protect family life in our nation. Grant the precious gift of many vocations to the priesthood and religious life. Have mercy on the sick, the poor, the tempted, and all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we honor you and ask your maternal protection and care for us. Obtain for us the graces we need to live and die according to the will of your divine Son, Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, pray for us. So as we enter into this time of President's Day, continue to pray for our President, again, all of our leaders, and particularly for our country. Prayer is so important, and and I think that's such One of the reasons or the roots why I wanted to continue to reflect on the word of God, you know, the word of God is this listening to God's word to us, this conversation, this desire, this life, this truth that the Lord reveals to us in his word. And as we praise and as we praise the Lord for his word and his presence in my life, 
It's a prayer. Our conversation with God, our meditation upon God is a prayer. So for all the things that we hold in the deepest um, places of our heart, let us open our heart to prayer. So today on this Sunday, the 20th of February, we're going to go right into a bit of 1 Samuel. We've been hearing a little bit about Saul and David in some of these readings. And so this is chapter 26, uh, verse 2, and then a few other verses that are in 1 Samuel. In those days, Saul went down to the desert of Ziph with 3,000 picked men of Israel to search for David in the desert of Ziph. So David and Abishai went among Saul's soldiers by night and found Saul lying asleep within the barricade with his spear thrust into the ground at his head and Abner and his men sleeping around him. Abishai whispered to David, God has delivered your enemy into your grasp this day. Let me nail him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I will not need a second thrust. But David said to Abishai, do not harm him, for who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? So David took the spear and the water jug from their place at Saul's head, and they got away without anyone seeing or knowing or awakening. All remained asleep because the Lord had put them into a deep slumber. Going across to an opposite slope, David stood on a remote hilltop at a great distance from Abner, son of Ner, and the troops. He said, here is the king's spear. Let an attendant come over to get it. The Lord will reward each man for his justice and faithfulness. Today, though the Lord delivered you into my grasp, I would not harm the Lord's anointed. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 103. The Lord is kind and merciful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord is kind and merciful. He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord is kind and merciful. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. The Lord is kind and merciful. As far as the east is from the west, as far as he has put our transgressions from us, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The Lord is kind and merciful. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul, his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15. Brothers and sisters, it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. But the spiritual was not first, rather the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, earthly, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly one, so also are the earthly. And as is the heavenly one, so also are the heavenly. 
Just as we have borne the image of the earthly one, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly one. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We hear a little bit more from the first letter of Samuel, again, this confrontation or this conflict that is between Saul and David. And and for so long, Saul was obeying the Lord, but there was a time when he slipped and he started to look at other gods and be influenced by his wives and the culture around him. And so he really turned his heart away from the Lord. But David, even though we read about the times where David had sinned, he always maintained his heart to the Lord and look at this opportunity where he is in the grasp of Saul and Saul wants to kill him. And here is Abishai, who is urging on David to look how close you are. You could just take his life right away. And there wouldn't be anybody who would probably have a problem with that. Uh, And yet David's heart, which is close to the Lord, knows, no, that's not the right way to go. I may have this opportunity to have revenge, to have justice in the way that the world tells me I should have justice. But uh, who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? David knows there will be a consequence. 
if he takes this action that for many would be approved, would he would be vindicated, but he knows that the Lord is even maybe giving him a test. It says that those around Saul were put into a deep slumber, that it was maybe not just a coincidence that it was that easy for David to get that close to Saul. What would David do in the midst of being in the face of his enemy and having an opportunity to strike? And as I was thinking about this, I thought, when have I, when have you been in a situation where you have been that close to an enemy or a situation that you could strike back? You could strike back legally. I think about the age that we've been in for quite a while, at least in the United States, of of legal suits. You know, we'll have a lawsuit if you have too hot of coffee and you pick it up at a local drive-thru and you're going to sue to gain something. Uh, There's just this this mentality that we will want to get the upper edge on our enemy or one who has done us wrong, or maybe somebody who has led us astray, or maybe we just made a bad decision, but we want to blame somebody else. And I remember a time in my own life, I wasn't going to church at the time. I'd I'd grown up Christian and had those Christian values, particularly that do good to those, um, to the golden rule, do it, do to others as you would like them to be done unto you. And I was in a situation in a work situation where I was being harassed and from somebody outside of the work environment, but there was a real conflict. And I had a real fear of this harassment that was going on. And I even sought legal counsel of how could I protect myself? How could I defend myself against this harassment? And there was this temptation. I feel like it's the similar temptation that David would have had. I could just thrust and and kill Saul in front of you right now. And there could have been a lot of legal ramifications I could have pursued. And I really thought about that a long time because I was rightly, I had a, a, a right justification in defend, wanting to defend myself. And I thought, what really will that do? What will really be the end consequence? Will I really change that person's heart? It's not really up to me to change that person's heart. That person has to change their own heart. But if I continue to hold on and not forgive and to hold on to this violation, it's going to do more harm to me than it does to that person. And I just decided to move forward in my life and just to continue to like forgive that person and to let it go and to move on in my situation. And, and I think there are those situations in our life in different ways. It might be in our family. It might be in our work situation or in a neighborhood situation, or maybe a a council that you're involved in something at church or at school And we might just have to walk away. We might just have to say, if I go into this battle, what good will really come out of it? Am I going to fight the enemy? Am I going to fight Saul? Or am I going to forgive Saul? And I have to be responsible for my heart. I want my heart to be a heart of a son or a daughter of the Lord that loves the Lord. And the Lord says, as we're going to hear in the gospel, 
to love our enemy. And here we go into the Psalm that really repeats this phrase that the Lord is kind and merciful. And if the Lord is kind and merciful, I'm called as a lover of the Lord to be like that. So I'm not called to be vindicative or revengeful or unforgiving or blaming others, but I'm to be like the Lord, kind and merciful. He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all of our ills. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger. Are you quick to anger? Do you quickly enter into a confrontation? Do you quickly want to be the one who has the right answer? I want to have the right belief. Do you ever just agree to disagree and to love that other person? As far as the East is from the West, I always love that line. And I think about how far is the East from the West? that he puts our transgressions from us, that he wants to pull us so far away from our sins. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And so in those times of temptation, in those times of conflict, and I think there's such conflict in our world today, particularly with our young people, And now with our adults, this bullying attitude of bullying one another and really making a certain group feel guilty for this or that, that we have to rise above that. We have to rise above this bullying or pending one group against another. That's not the way of the Lord. And we can't participate in that and advocate that, but to pray for those in our communities who are really in that sense of bullying or persecuting one another for whatever belief you have. I'm going to skip down into the gospel because we continue on, just go back to last Sunday's readings. If you remember, the Lord came down from the mountain and he was with his 12 apostles, but he was also with this large crowd. And he had these blessings and woes. Blessed to you who are poor, who are now hungry, who are weeping, who, um, and, and blessed are you when people hate you. And then he goes into woes, you know, woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are filled now, woe to you who laugh now, woe to you when they speak well of you. And he continues on the message. And we have to remember the culture of the time. Yes, Jesus is speaking to us today, and we have a particular culture and a way of looking at uh, how we treat one another. But in in the time of the apostles and the time of Jesus, it really was this eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. There really was this sense of, I have the right that if my brother slaps me, I can also slap him, that there, there, we, we got permission to harm our enemy. And Jesus is really flipping everything upside down. He is the counter cultural Christ. You know, he says, love your enemies. That, that statement alone today, but even more so to the Jews, to the people of that time, was just radical. 
love my enemies. I'm supposed to be able to do these things against my enemy because my enemy offended me in A, B, or C. But Jesus is saying, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Not just bless those who bless you, because how easy is that to say, you know, to say to your neighbor, and I can think about my neighbors, you know, it's so fun to say blessings to our neighbors. We like them. They like us. But what about those neighbors I maybe am, I'm not sure about? Do I bless them? Jesus is saying, this is a hard one. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And if you have seen that film, The Passion, I've mentioned this before, you know, the visualization that comes immediately to me is when Jesus is going into his passion, he's carrying the cross, he's being beaten, that horrific, violent scene that Mel Gibson portrays in The Passion of the Christ, you really, at least I got this sense of Jesus saying, I will accept it all. I'm not going to turn a cheek. I'm not going to turn away from the beatings that are unjustly driven upon me. But he's living out the words that not too many weeks ago, he said, whoever takes your cloak, don't even withhold the tunic. Turn everything over. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Who can do such things? Who could do all of these things? Can you? Can I? Absolutely not. I can't do those things on my own. The key is we can only do these things. And to be a lover of Jesus with the grace of God by loving God and trying our hardest to follow him by listening to his word, by obeying his word, by not expecting anything in return, you know, uh, rather love your enemies and do good to them and lend expecting nothing back, expecting nothing back. Sometimes I know I, I know I like to write little cards or notes and send them to people. I know cer- certain people who are really great gift givers. They're just so wonderful and generous at giving gifts and things to other people. It's just what they love to do. It's a love language. Do they do it because they love it and out of love of God? Or do they do it? Or do you do that? Because you want a thank you note. Because you want a thank you card. Because you want a thank you text. If that's our motivation, I hope that she responds. I hope that he says, thank you for the gift I gave. We're not giving in the right way. You know, if we just give and we don't know how that's going to be received, we don't know how that's going to impact the person. We just trust, Lord, it was a gift, a gift of the heart. And however that person receives that gift and uses the gift, I'm going to turn that over to you. That's a different perspective. That's a different way of being. That's a radical 
countercultural. We all want our accolades. We all want our kudos. We want our attaboys. We want our recognition. And it's nice to be recognized. It's nice to be acknowledged. But is it to put an emphasis on me and, and, and my good? Or is it to put an emphasis on the Lord? On the Lord. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Our real goal in life is to follow the Lord, is to imitate Christ, is to be like the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is giving us, he's giving us everything we need right in these readings. You know, in the gospel, it's the book of life. It's the book of the life of Jesus Christ. It's the book of how we are called to live. Stop judging. Boy, it is so easy. I'll tell you what, every day I look at some of the different things happening in the world. And the first thing we do is judge that person, judge that decision, judge that next mandate. Oh, stop judging. Stop condemning. Lord, I surrender it all to you. Jesus, you take care of it and help me to follow you in your footsteps. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That was one of the lessons I think that I learned in that, in that situation that came in front of me that I had a right that I could fight. I could fight against this. And I should, I should get some kind of compensation for the kinds of wounds that I endured but whose wounds paid for it all? Jesus Christ, his wounds paid for it all. And so who am I to fight rather than to bring the light of Christ? And I, I think, you know, that was several years before I came into the Catholic church. And, and now I can look back and look at that, that decision that I had to make. And it was a decision of doing good for somebody who I was angry with, who I disagreed with, and who I thought offended me. And I thought, I have to move on. I can't live in this anger, live in this judgment, live in this, you made my life, because then I gave my life over to someone else and say, you can control it now because I'll be angry. No, forgiveness frees you from that. It doesn't change the other person who offended you. And they may never say, I'm sorry, or change their ways, or they may. That's in the Lord's hands. That's in the will of Jesus. But you can choose to let it go. You can choose to say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I don't like it. It makes me angry. This is what's going on. But I want to give that anger up. And I want to give you all the praise. And I need your grace. How do we get that grace? From the sacraments. Confession number one, and then once we've gone to confession, the Eucharist, the Eucharist, the Eucharist. You know, we've received graces if we've been baptized, if we've been confirmed, those graces will continue to work. And if we pray, if we continue to, to work at following the Lord, I want to work in cooperation with the Lord and ask for those graces to be fulfilled in our lives. The Lord will give us what we need when we need it if we're prepared, if we're open to it. And then in our sacraments, those who are married, the sacrament of marriage gives us grace. 
to live through those difficult times with God's grace. And of course, our priests have that sacrament of holy orders. So go to the sacraments, be steeped in prayer, soaked in prayer, and continue to read the daily word of God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. May you have a blessed week. Let's continue to pray for our country and our presidents during this President's Day holiday. And I'll look forward to talking with you again next week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.